This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, a 12-date tour starting in Oamaru on July 1st will be the first headline tour for Aotearoa-based artist Pickle Darling. The Cosmic Voyage Through New Zealand tour comes to Aotearoa Dunedin venue Bark on the 2nd of July. These will be the first shows for Pickle Darling since their support slots for Friends the Best late in 2020 and the tour celebrates the very well-received second album Cosmonaut and some good friends are joining in along the way. Lucas Mayo, a.k.a. Pickle Darling, joins me on the line to talk about that. Now, kia ora, good to have you with us, Lucas. Hello, thanks for having me. After that release of that um, 2019 album Bigness, you talked uh, a little about being caught somewhat by surprise when um, there was a great deal of interest and it all kicked in. You weren't, you said, really prepared with all the mechanics of promotion and sales and all of that stuff that comes along with it. H- how about now? Are you uh, are you any more ready for all of that? I think I think I'm a bit more prepared for that stuff. I um I will, I tried to release this one properly. I think <laughs> do all the proper the proper release stuff. Still very overwhelming though. But. You're often described, Lucas, as a uh, a bedroom pop artist which kind of conjures up images of um, you know sitting cross-legged on the floor amongst a tangle of cables and keyboards perhaps a one-bar heater perhaps a cat to keep you company uh, how, how far from the truth is that um it's pretty close yeah it's, it's pretty close i usually just have one microphone i'm just surrounded by my instruments and i kind of um base my sound around the instruments that i can fit in my in my small corner of the room and what doesn't take very long to set up so I thought all my like electric guitars and all that I'm just it's just yeah just pretty cheap like toy instruments and stuff yeah and it creates that warm and intimate vibe that everyone's been talking about um, and you know the sound you make suggests that you prefer to kind of share your thoughts in that one-on-one intimate kind of way at least in that direct relationship with listeners how how does that sit um with you when you have to take that music into a live setting with um with hopefully uh, many more eager people lined up directly in front of you and watching you um i think it's like a lot of my favorite shows that i've been to have been ones where they've made it feel smaller than it actually is I think it's nice. It, it definitely feels different live. Like it's a it's a bigger sound, but I still want to um, retain that sort of intimate. Like there's no electric guitars or anything. There's no drums. There's drum machine, but it, it's all yeah. It's it's all very mellow and very like um, conversational and yeah. When you start making and creating music. Uh, it's probably not with that live performance in mind, or, 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 or correct me if I'm wrong about that. But and it's not always the case that artists making that type of music particularly enjoy stepping out into the live setting. How was it for you? Do you enjoy it? Um, it was definitely a challenge at the start, and something I was kind of reluctant to do at the very start. Um, but it's it's worked out pretty well. There's a lot of I think I enjoy the problem-solving aspect of it because when I'm recording, I don't restrict myself in any way because I don't think of the live set 
so I kind of fill up the song with as much as I can. And then when it comes to a live setting where we've only got three people and we've got all of us have a handful of instruments each, just the the problem solving and to try and um, get all the the core elements of the song into this into this live performance. Um, yeah, it, without having it feel empty or knowing what to leave out and what to change and stuff. I, I quite enjoy that problem-solving aspect of it. Um, yeah. You've struck on a really interesting aspect of, of being a, a quote-unquote kind of solo artist uh, in that you, you, you're free of of inhibitions and shackles when it comes to putting down on your recordings whatever you particularly like or whatever sits well with the song you're working on but that translation again into that live setting must pose some challenges and when you go through that process when you prepare for a tour like this uh, are you working directly with those who are joining on the stage to solve those problems or is it up to you uh it's very collaborative um i kind of think of the band i think of pickle darling as whoever's involved in it at any one time whether it's like even though it's just me writing and recording and all that when i when we play live i think of everyone as kind of an equal part in it so everyone's input is like there and we're kind of collectively like solving these problems and coming up with ideas and changing the songs if we want to like i don't feel um i don't feel like i have to necessarily stay faithful the recordings or anything but as long as like I think part of it is just like the main motivating force for the live set is like I know people are coming like um, maybe at the end of their work week or um, they've had work that day and they're tired and they've got to spend their money in the evening and it's like I want to give people their money's worth I guess I want people to have a nice night and like gives them a real generous sort of live set and make it as like colourful and make the the songs as interesting as possible um, and give people their $25 worth or whatever the price is. And does that come in you? Does that come from your experience as a punter, as someone going to gigs, as someone who knows what it feels like to be really immersed in a, in a performance and enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I can tell when um, um, when a band um, doesn't happen so much with like indie bands, but I, you can tell when a big band when they just don't care that much about the audience or don't appreciate that people are like, you know, spending their hard-earned money to see them, and um, that they might have had to get babysitters or to come out that night or. Um, yeah, I, I, it definitely feels like a two-way thing. Like, I'm excited to, like, go to the small towns and meet people. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I like shows that feel like a, a, a very two-way exchange. You mentioned the collaboration with artists on stage. Tell us about your approach to this tour. Who will be with you and doing what? Um, so I've got my friend Serena, who also makes music under the name Mouthy. Um, and she plays like keyboards and glockenspiel and backing vocals 
um, usually all at the same time, so it's pretty intense. Because I don't, I didn't write the songs to be playable, but she's still able to play them. Um, and then Cameron Finlay, um, who he's mainly a drummer, but he kind of has ended up playing everything apart from the drums in my band. So he plays, um, he plays keyboards as well. He operates the drum machine, plays like tambourine, shaker, guitar, backing vocals. Um, I've probably forgotten something, but yeah, everyone's everyone's doing like three things at once. Mousy also opening for you, of course, in Oamaru at the Grain Store Gallery, and in Dunedin it will be Neve Strang. You've um, you've got a great lineup of artists joining you as you cross the country. Tell us about the approach you've taken to curating these evenings. Um, I guess I've mostly picked bands that. I've wanted to see live. Um, yeah, I asked a lot of people for like recommendations as well, and a lot of it's like, um, yeah, I just want to go and see these bands play as well. That's kind of the main motivator for me. You were, of course, all set for your own headlining tour a while ago. That didn't happen, and that and that was no unusual thing given the current climate that we're in. How much of a setback was that for you, if if it was at all? Um, I think it was like it was pretty discouraging, but um, we were lucky enough to play at least the first show of the tour in Christchurch, which just barely covered the cost because we couldn't get refunds on the flights or anything. Um, so I was kind of I didn't. Yeah, we covered most of the cost for that tour, so I didn't end up broke, um, which I was relieved about. But it was definitely like it definitely put me off <laughs> the idea of organising another tour. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll see how this one goes. Yeah, we have all of our fingers and toes thoroughly crossed for the whole twelve dates of this tour, of course. And you're branding the tour a cosmic voyage uh, that. And the album title, of course, fits in with some of what was feeding into your creative process when making the album. You had a bit of an interest in sci-fi that you were discovering. Hmm. I think it's um, it it kind of just uh, fitted naturally with like the themes of the album, which are about like communication and um, distance and um. Yeah, I think it. I was also. I've always wanted to do something with that sort of imagery. I've always wanted to do something space themed. Um, yeah. So, what appeals most the the kind of sense of adventure and danger, or the other side of it, the kind of the romance and wonder of unknown worlds? Probably more the the second one, actually. Like, I think I I really like a lot of films and books where it's like. Um, they focus more on the, um, like, what, what that sort of big expanse does to your, does to your mind and does to, um, like, when they focus on the isolation aspect of it or just being this tiny little thing in a giant universe. Like, I think anything with that sort of feeling really, um, appeals to me. 
I think. Less, like, less of the Star Wars and more of, like, um, uh, what's a good example? Like, Solaris or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, of course, our own world, it's a smaller place now, right? All of a sudden, our own backyard is our playground. Um, our island nation is, for the most part, the extent of the territory that you can explore at the moment. It's an interesting time to be thinking beyond Earth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I've always wanted to, like, get a telescope and get into <laughs> Stargazing. New Zealand's, I mean, New Zealand's a good place for that sort of thing as well. The instrumentation you've mentioned, just sort of putting your hands on anything that might be around, but I'm sure there's a little bit more to it than that when you're making your choices. Is there anything you particularly enjoyed exploring on this album in terms of the instrumentation? Um, I got I got a banjo for this album, so that was the thing that with every kind of album. I always want to like get a new instrument um, or have another an, another thing to add to the sound. Whether that's like I change the way I record vocals or add another instrument or whatever. Um, yeah, I think I like the banjo because it, it's such an earthy, grounded instrument. So to play that with all this real electronic stuff is like quite interesting me i think well you've made banjo cool again well i was if it ever was yeah <laughs> it's an interesting interesting and potentially quite brave choice to make but um one of the things that's most fascinating about this album is how beautifully it sits as a as a quiet instrument there's not one that's uh, often often we find them quite frenetic and pushed to the front you've taken another approach with that hmm I think I record, um, like, I think I don't think of myself as a specific instrumentalist. I don't think of myself as a guitarist or as a singer, but they're all just, like, sounds I can use to to craft a whole piece of music, I guess. Because I'm not particularly good at any specific instrument. I can't really, like, I'm not going to, like, shred or, um, like... Yeah, it, it's all, like, I, I play pretty quietly as well, just because I'm, you know, in a, in a flat and don't have the soundproof room. It's a gentle experience for you mm. and for those who come along to your gigs. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely quite a mellow set. It was interesting playing before the bet, um, where they played such a raucous, like, fun live set, and we're... Um, you know, opening for them and kind of getting your front all mellowed out. Um, that was fun. Just finally, we look at this tour, and I'm sure you're keen to get all 12 dates in, and then a little difficult now to kind of look be- beyond that. There's bubbles opening and closing. Um, there's a little, a little incentive being waved at us, and then shut down again you know as an artist who is who is gaining attention and, and this is uh, across the world now with your music are you frustrated at all about not being able to reach out a little further or you just take it as it comes I think I haven't even really thought about touring overseas until 
quite a while away just because it's like <laughs> it's so expensive and I, um, I don't know how people afford it. So I think that's something that I haven't really... Um, I mostly see myself as a recording artist anyway. I'm always just going to make make albums and um, yeah, if, if something happened in the future and then touring was banned forever, I'd still be happily just recording music in my room. Yeah, I think that's the that's the most exciting part of it for me. And the um, yeah, that's that's the most um, yeah. I don't even think of it necessarily as something that like I guess I'm getting a, a bigger audience, but it's not something that I feel like I'm actively pursuing that much. I don't want to um, like I'm not trying to climb a career ladder or anything i think i just want to like keep making music that i like that hopefully other people like um well that's a great place to be as an artist and we're looking forward so much to your shows down this way those dates again Oamaru at the grain store gallery on uh, july 1st and here in Ōtipoti dunedin at bark you can get your tickets for that for both of those uh, and for all dates on the tour from under the radar.co.nz uh, Lucas, um, Pickle Darling, thank you so much for taking some time to join us here on ORFM. Oh, thanks for having me. I hope you're, I hope you're warm. <laughs> this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.